So my friends, every year on the second Sunday of Lent, we read the Gospel of the Transfiguration of our Lord. These are kind of the two warm-up acts for the Lenten season, no matter what year it is. We read the, uh, our Lord's temptation on the first Sunday of Lent, which is the pattern of our Lenten observance. And then on the second Sunday of Lent, we always read the Transfiguration. Now, the Transfiguration happens in a very specific point of the Gospel. It happens... Uh, one week after the first prediction of the Passion. So the first time that Jesus tells his apostles that he is going to suffer and to die. And they're shocked by this. The transfiguration always happens one week after that. It's a set point in the gospel narrative. And why is that? Well, they're shocked. This is, this is their friend, Jesus. But this is also the Messiah, right? Peter confesses, you are the Christ. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And as soon as he confesses that, Jesus begins to teach him what it really means to be the Messiah. That he will suffer. And that he will even die. And they're they're scandalized. They're shocked by this. And therefore, we hear one week after that, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain and he shows them his glory. He shows them the glory that he possesses as the only begotten Son of the Father. St. Leo the Great tells us to remove the scandal of the cross so they would know that and be convinced he is the Messiah. And then later when they would see him, Peter, James, and John, when they'd see him in the agony in the garden, it's the same three, at the agony in the garden. Or, you know, John and, and Our Lady and Mary, the wife of Clopas, who were there at the cross, right, when they saw him die. Um, But the transfiguration to remove the scandal of the cross. And what it shows us and why we need this in our Lenten uh, observance is that this second Sunday of Lent teaches us that success is possible. It's actually possible to live lives of holiness. It's actually possible to be transfigured ourselves by God's grace. And that as we're on our Lenten journey, we need that assurance that it's possible, it's actually possible to do this. It's actually possible to be a saint. It's actually possible to live a life of radical holiness. We need that encouragement that it's possible to do this. Look, I... I'm never going to be in the NBA, right? No matter matter what, I'm not going to be in the NBA. I'm 5'7", on a good day, uh, and I have asthma, uh, and I don't have good hand-eye coordination. I'm never going to be in the NBA. It's not possible. So therefore, when I play basketball, I'm not trying for greatness in the way of being an NBA superstar. It's just not in the cards for me. And I wonder if sometimes that's what some of us think about holiness, that we think that I can't be a canonized saint, me, just normal me, here in New Britain, Connecticut, I can't be a canonized saint, it's not in the cards for me, leave that to Mother Teresa, leave that to St. John Paul II, leave that to Blessed Michael McGivney, I can't be a canonized saint, I'm too ordinary, I'm normal, they don't canonize people like me, right, no, today, The transfiguration teaches us that holiness is possible for each and every one of us. And that every single person here 
can and should be, in fact, living the life of a canonized saint. That every single one of us can reach the heights of canonizable holiness. It's possible. It's an attainable goal. And therefore, we don't have to treat it like something that's for someone else. Holiness is for me. Holy, a tremendous holiness is for me. We need that encouragement in the transfiguration, that that's the glory of heaven that each of us is aiming for. And when we undergo the cross during Lent, it's aimed at the glory of heaven. Now, what else do we see with that that we can learn from the transfiguration? Is that even though he's transfigured, it's still Jesus. It's still Jesus. They recognize Jesus. It's their Jesus. This is their friend, Jesus, that they know. And so, when you and I start living lives of radical holiness, we don't become someone else. Holiness doesn't mean being someone completely different. When we live the transfigured glory of the life of grace, we stay ourselves. We are ourselves only filled with God's grace and his strength and his power. For me to be a saint, I don't have to go be someone else. I have to be me. I am me, but filled with God's grace. And that's with every single one of us. Holiness is not about someone else doing something else, right? As if we were to say, we all want to get to heaven, we all want to be holy, so let's all leave here and we're going to go found a monastery. And we're going to pray for like 20 hours a day because that's how we're going to be holy. No, that's not it. In fact, for most of us, if not all of us, that'd be tremendously irresponsible. Uh, we have to be holy right where we are in the world. Right where we are. That's where we're called to live transfigured holiness. To live the heights of what God calls us to. Right where we are. Right in the middle of the world. And so we don't change our job. We don't change our state in life. You know, everyone here who's married, you live holiness in marriage, transfigured by God's grace, but within the married state. Those who are here who are living um, priesthood or religious life, right? It's, it's to be lived in that state. Those who are, who are single or those who are widowed, right, live uh, holiness in that state, in that reality. Those who are still maybe discerning their vocations live their holiness right where they are. In family life, we live our holiness right in the family. It's not by leaving the duties of family life that we find holiness. It's doing it right in family life. For all anyone who's a student, it's by living holiness in being a good student and doing those things well. That's where we're going to find holiness. For those any other profession, it's by doing our work and doing it well, doing it with love of God. We don't go somewhere else to be holy. The reality of the transfiguration is holiness is possible right where we are. Right here, in the middle of the world. That is where we are called to live holiness. That's the beauty of the transfiguration. It's still Jesus. They still recognize their Jesus. But he's filled now with the light and the power of God. Now, here's the last point is that after the, the cloud and this whole thing and the voice, this is my chosen son, listen to him, then they don't see the glory anymore. 
then it's just Jesus looking like everyone else. Then it's the, the, the Jesus that they've come to know and that they've been spending this time with. And so it looks tremendously ordinary. And when we live our life of holiness in the middle of the world, it looks tremendously ordinary. And that it doesn't have to look crazy. It doesn't have to look like some different thing. Rather, it's just the ordinary. It's right where we are. And maybe we don't see it. Maybe it's a little too ordinary for us. Maybe we're feeling that it's a little too much, right? Uh, where, do I, where do I go to pray, right? Well, I got to go away to some kind of, you know, exotic retreat center. And I, I have to go up, you know, no, pray at home. When you pray at home, it's home. It's ordinary. It's just my home. But God is there. And even if it looks normal, God is there, right there. Again, when, when we're at work or we're at school or we're out in the midst of doing daily activities, it looks very ordinary. Maybe we don't see the handwriting of God there, but that's it, right there. This is my beloved son. Our Lord Jesus is right there with us, and we're called to bring Christ to the world. We are, if we've been baptized, sons and daughters of God the Father. Whether you feel it or not, right? We are sons and daughters of God the Father. And so even if you can't see it, even if you can't feel it, even if it looks tremendously ordinary, that's the, the way that we live holiness in the middle of the world. There's a detail in our first reading that I missed every time. I've read this passage, but it really shows the reality of this, um, is that, what does God say? He goes to Abram and he says, look up, look up into the sky, count the stars if you can, and that's how numerous I'll make your descendants. Abram and his wife Sarah, they're not able to have a baby, and so, but God says, no, look up, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky, count them if you can, and we think, yeah, there's a lot of stars, it's really tough to count, no. Not at all. Because what do we read a few, pass- a few lines later? When the sun had set and it was dark, there appeared a smoking pot, right? So what does it mean about that conversation God is having with Abraham? What time of day does it take place? In the middle of the day. Broad daylight. So picture God now saying to Abram, here in the middle of a sunny day, look up at the sky, count the stars if you can. Any one of us could walk outside right now, look up into the sky. Can you count any of the stars? Well, one of them, right? There's one that's pretty bright. That's keeping our planet warm. But, um, but besides that, count the stars if you can. No, I can't see them. I can't see the stars during the day. They're still there. We know that they don't disappear during the day and reappear at night. They're still there, but we can't see them. And so that's what God is saying to Abram. You can't see it right now, but it's there. It's all there. And that's what God says to us when we live holiness in the middle of the world. Maybe you can't see it right now, but it's there. The good works, the way that God's grace is sustaining us, the the way that we live our love of him in the middle of the world, it looks tremendously ordinary. Maybe you can't see it right now the way you can't count the stars during the noonday sun, but it's there that God's promises are always faithful. So this is why we need the transfiguration at this point in Lent. We need to be encouraged. We need to know that holiness is possible. But we have to know what holiness is. Transfigured glory. Not becoming someone else. But being ourselves filled with the grace of God. And then living that even right in the midst of the ordinary everyday stuff. Even if we can't see and feel the love of God in that. It's still there sustaining us. 
And so we should ask our mother to pray for us. Our lady lived tremendous holiness. She lived it right in the middle of the world. She looked just like everyone else. And so we ask our lady to pray for us and to help us learn how to live the glory of the transfiguration of her son.